Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, thank you very much, Gary. Appreciate it. It is still early this morning, 7.35, on this Thursday morning, the 26th day of October, 2023. I'm John Reed, and glad you are with us here on News Radio WRVA. So, for weeks, it was interesting to talk to the former Speaker of the House of Delegates here in Virginia about his perception of what's happened in Washington. You know, for the, for the longest time, and I still stand by this. I don't think it mattered that we didn't have a Speaker of the House. I didn't really get the whole conflict with Kevin McCarthy. But, you know, over the last couple of weeks, we've talked to several people who've said, hey, Kevin McCarthy was saying one thing to one group of people you know, within the Republican caucus, and then he would say another thing to another group of people, and they felt like they had been deceived. I don't know if that's true. I mean, that's like leadership 101. You really cannot... Uh, you're not, you're not going to last long if people feel like they can't trust what you're telling them in negotiations. And one of the difficulties I am told in this job as Speaker of the House, you can either be a total dictator, and I think there have been a, several of them as, as Speaker of the House of Representatives who have said, you're going to do what I tell you to do, or that nice little museum you wanted in your district, or that road project, or... You know, whatever it is that you wanted, I will personally see to it that you don't get this. Um, you know, that's one way of approaching the leadership. And then the other way is consensus and herding cats. And of late, it seems like that's been the, the mindset. I don't, although Nancy Pelosi was probably a little more dictatorial than, than uh, consensus building. I'm guessing. I'm guessing. So now we've got... Uh, New, the new speaker, Mike Johnson of Louisiana, uh, elected as the Speaker of the House. How did this all go down? What's the story behind the story? Mark Tapscott is the senior congressional correspondent for the Epoch Times newspaper, and I appreciate the chance to talk to Mark because he is you know, talking to these guys all day and all night up in Washington. Good morning to you, Mark. What's the inside scoop? How did this happen? Well, good morning, John. Uh, it's a different world we woke up to, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you, it it is it is a remarkable story because you know when uh, I did my first report on uh, McCarthy being ousted, uh, I included a list of the possible successors and. Down towards the bottom of the list was Mike Johnson, uh, who was very much a dark horse. 
uh, in everybody's estimation. Uh, nice guy, but nice guy, you know. And right, um, right. so there was little, very little expectation that he would be a factor in all of this. Um, and then, my goodness, over the weekend, you know, the crash and burns of, of Scalise and Jordan and um, um, Tom Emmer. And you had all this uh, uh, bitterness uh, in the Republican conference, and it really looked like a, uh, you know, a bad situation. Right. Johnson starts talking uh, at the Monday conference with the other nine candidates, the closed-door conference. And according to everybody I've talked to who was in that conference, uh, Johnson was the one who spoke substantively about what he would do, who sounded like he really was sincerely interested in the people who were asking the questions, and he was getting lots of, you know, pretty tough, wonky policy kinds of questions. Um, And about a third of his answers included scriptural references. Hmm. And lo and behold, um, people started saying, that's the man. We We can get behind that guy. And... They did, and here we are. This morning, do you think there is um, a certain unity, or are some people smiling, but there's a bitterness about the way all this went down, and they're really not behind the guy, but they just had to pick somebody? Well, there probably are some people like that. You know, I mean, we're talking about the House of Representatives. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a, an assembly of ego exceeded only by the U.S. Senate. Um, right. The, um, I, but I, I, do, I do suspect that um, there is more of a sense of unity at this point than there has been among the Republican conference in months. Um, when, when Kevin McCarthy did not keep the House in session in August over the recess to get the spending bills done, that really... That was the, the the real beginning point for the uh, ouster movement. And, you know, it's been pretty heated since then. Right. All the stories, not your story this morning, but all the stories that I'm seeing about Mike Johnson. I mean, it's normal if someone is not well known to do the, who is this guy? Tell us about his positions. But, man, all of the the left-wing publications are trying to paint this guy as a radical i mean you know the politico's doing one uh, it's interesting to me that transgender care is their focus this morning that somehow that is one of the pivotal issues in modern american life that if you're not for quote-unquote gender affirming care you're a radical i'd say if you are for that that care if you want to use that term you're the radicals but um, what's the truth about this guy well the fact is he is a very devoted southern baptist he is a follower of jesus christ as his lord and savior um he makes no bones about that he's not obnoxious about it but he is a man of faith and I hear over and over again from colleagues and and staffers and so forth that he is a guy who has relationships uh, with people on both sides of the aisle. Um, There are Democrats that he has good friends with that he prays with and prays for. 
Uh, and I think that tells you something about the nature of his uh, ability to forge relationships and uh, hopefully make some progress in getting some some much-needed um, legislation through. He was, before he got into politics in Louisiana, he was a uh, constitutional lawyer. He worked for the uh, First Liberty Institute and the Alliance Defending Freedom. He is very much a First Amendment religious freedom advocate and defender. Um, that's one of the big reasons why he's got a big target on his uh, back now. Uh, he's that, and he's speaker. And so it doesn't surprise me at all that Politico was coming up with that. We'll hear other things about him. Um, you know, he was uh, uh, one of the uh, House Republicans that backed Trump's claims about the 2020 election. We'll hear an awful lot about that. Um, he's he his his ability to see. Um, uh, positives in relationships with people that uh, others might find very difficult to see positives um, is going to be it's going to be tested. Right. The fundraising component to this job is one that a lot of people are unaware of. They think it's just yeah. a legislative. You know, you you pick and choose what bills move forward and which bills are not going to see the light of day. Uh, and that's the more traditional role over over the history of the United States. But now there's an expectation that this guy is on planes every weekend uh, campaigning for different candidates and raising money from some of the wealthy people all across the United States. And if Republicans don't raise that money, they're in a, they're in a bind uh, yeah. with the next uh, set of elections. Can this guy raise yeah. that money, you think? It's interesting you mentioned that because that was indeed the one of the things that uh, I heard from the outset uh, when the you know uh, McCarthy's ouster was yeah but can can Mike Johnson raise money um, I don't know but I think we will find that um, if I, I have a suspicion that he's going to focus on moving legislation through the House. And the people at the uh, NRCC, like Richard Hudson, the chairman, and um, probably Tom Emmer and Steve Scalise, are going to have a much bigger role in uh, fundraising. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's weird. The fundraising component, these these really rich people, they don't want to see a new face in their office. They want somebody that they have a relationship with and they trust. Yeah. If they're going to write a big check and funnel money, and that—I mean—that's just a practical reality that that's sure. part of the new political world. Hey, before I run out of time, Mark, um, I, I'm asking everybody, and, and I, I don't know how closely you're tracking on the Virginia elections, but we're getting closer and closer to November seventh. Do you have any instincts on what's happening in the Commonwealth with all 140 seats up in the legislature? I, you know, I have to confess, I have not been able to, to follow it as much as I would like to. Um, I, I do have a just a, you know, I've been following elections and campaigns for oh so many years, and you kind of develop a sense about things. And I, I have a good sense for uh, the Republicans. I think they're going to do well. Well, let's hope the last three weeks haven't been too much of a distraction. There's been a lot of other stories that have kind of 
hope I think kept this uh, DC stuff tamped down a little bit, and maybe that yeah. plays in the favor of Virginia Republicans. They don't get hammered by that. Listen, I always yeah. appreciated Mark Tapscott, the senior congressional correspondent for the Epoch Times newspaper. Thank you very much. John, you're a good man, no matter what those people say. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. Uh, 746 on this Thursday. We're back with more in a moment on News Radio WRVA. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.